grab our Bibles, if you will. Getting a little bit of a ring up here, I think, but oh, I think it just went away. So there we go. All right. Maybe it's me. Anybody tired? Anybody tired in here? Yeah. Yeah. So I figured you were going to make me work for it today, so we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to do our best. But uh, uh, I'm so glad you're here, and I want to continue with the um, series that we began uh, just a few weeks ago, and we're, we've entitled this whole series, Christmas Like No Other. A Christmas Like No Other. And today, I want to invite you to go to the book of Luke, if you will. We're going to read a familiar passage of Scripture, and we're calling uh, the sermon today, uh, well, two weeks ago, we did a name like no other, right? Then how many remember what last week was? I remember last week at all. What's that? A king like no other. Very good. See, I forgot too. No, I'm kidding. Um, today I want to share a message called A Night Like No Other. A Night Like No Other. I want to show you how God uh, interacted with a group of people. We don't even know their names. Uh, the shepherds in the Christmas story. And they had an experience that lifted them from one extreme emotionally to another. And I would like to share that with those of you who might be at the first extreme today. And I'll show you what I mean as we look at God's Word together. If you're able to, why don't you stand with me in honor of God's Word as we read this. And if you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. I've got all the scriptures that we'll use today on the screen as well. Okay, are we there? All right. Verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Keep that thought. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has uh, told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about, what they had been told about them, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Hold that thought. They returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Jesus, I pray that you would use your word and in a probably a very familiar passage of scripture, Lord God, and I pray that you would make it come alive in our lives today. 
And Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us that you could turn our fear into rejoicing. So Lord, have your way, I ask you. And it's in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. 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 You may be seated. So as I said before, I want to take us from one extreme to the other. Uh, when, I, when we were reading the scripture, I told you to hold a couple thoughts. And those thoughts were the two extremes that I want to talk about. And we, we, we see them again as we look at a few verses in our original text here. Let's look again at verses 8 and 9, okay? Uh, and again, please, uh, Christians, if you've been reading this all of your life, don't be tempted just over this, okay? Because there is something to be found even in the stories and the verses that you have read year after year after year after year, okay? And that's what I want to try to accomplish today through the Spirit's help. So look at verses 8 and 9. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And look at that last phrase. And they were terrified. Extreme. That great fear. I'm going to unpack that in just a little bit. Then we jump to verse 20. And then the other extreme comes in. Shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which are just as they had been told. How in the world do we go from deep fear to deep contentment? How do we go from being full of anxiety and terrified to praising God and being content? How does that take place? Well, it happened on a night like no other. It happened with the shepherds. And I believe it could happen for you as well as we look at God's word together. So let's, uh, let me show you some things I think that we need in our lives to turn our fear into praise, to turn our anxiety into contentment. And uh, these don't start with the same letter, but they do rhyme. Okay? So, yeah, there you go. I know for some of you, I just ruined your day. But first of all, let's make a clarification here in this story, okay? I want to clarify some things, at least one thing, and I think this is important. And the clarification I want to make is found in verses 10, 11, and 12. Read it again. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. What's interesting is that oftentimes when we get fearful, when we get full of anxiety, we get nervous a lot of times we will say, well, that's that old devil. That, that, okay, the devil is nowhere near this story. Nowhere. 
And sometimes, I think we attribute our fear to the devil when he's kind of saying, I got nothing. I doubt he says that. And then I read in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. So, so I know that fear does not come from God, but there are moments that sometimes I think we are fearful of things that we, plain and simple, should not be fearful of. It could be that we are afraid of things that the devil has had nothing to do with. Don't confuse not understanding something with fear. I should say that again. Don't confuse not understanding what's going on with fear. And I say that as a very type A personality. Because I want to understand everything. I want to figure out everything. And, and when I can't, how many of you are like me? That makes me a little edgy. It's like, oh, what's going on here? I should figure this out. I should know this. I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. See, this, this emotion here is not reserved for angelic visits. Sometimes this emotion comes when God is leading you to do something, according to his word, by the way, we'll get to that, when God is leading you to do something that is maybe outside of your comfort zone. And what happens when we're led to do something outside of our comfort zone, we get terrified of that, some of us. Some of us are natural risk takers. Others of us, not so much. Not so much. And there are moments where I think God wants to clarify to us, this is something you don't have to be afraid of. Even if it's evil, I think the Lord would remind us, this is nothing that you have to be afraid of. I've got you. It reminds me of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. It says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. Do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So let, let's just clarify something here. That if you, are, if you are full of anxiety or full of fear because of life right now, God would say the same thing that the angel said to the shepherds. You don't have to be afraid. You're mine. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. When the Lord sees you, he doesn't say, hey, buddy. He knows your name. In Bible college, when we'd walk down the hall and see somebody we didn't know, we'd say, hey, brother. And I'd say, you know, my brother would know my name. The Lord, he knows your name. You're his. 
so he doesn't want your life gripped with fear. That's not the way for you to live. It's not the way for you to wake up every day. Not at all. So we make that clarification. Secondly, today, there was adoration. We sang that song earlier, Oh, come let us adore him. Adoration equals praise. Adoration is another word for worship, for praising God. This took place when the shepherds received this announcement. This scene takes place. Verses 13 and 14. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest uh, heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. There was praise and worship and adoration at this scene. Can I tell you today that praise accomplishes a lot of things when we worship God. Jonathan mentioned earlier that we, we get reminded of who God is when we worship God. There are other things that take place when we worship God. Praise takes our attention from our circumstances and we direct them to our Savior. This is a healthy thing to do. Because if your mind is constantly occupied by those things that scare you and those things that give you anxiety, and if your mind is constantly on that stuff, then what you need to do, what you need to do is to praise the Lord. What you need to do is take some time to get closer to him. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. What you need to do is take some moments and worship God. I will tell you, and I believe this, the reason why many Christians have a hard time worshiping God on Sunday is because they don't worship God Monday through Saturday. And this this needs to be a regular part of our lives. And I'm not talking about you being entertained. You know, five, six, seven, eight, what am I, you know, just stop. If there's no band, if there's no guitar, if there's no cool music from your favorite worship leader singing your favorite style, you could still worship God. You could still worship God. You could still praise him. When you look at the sky, some of the sunsets that we've had recently, I just say, oh, God, you are just, you're showing off now. I've said that to him. I look at the sky and I see the stars and I think, wow, God, how can anyone deny you when you see this? That, what is that? That's praise. That's worship. That gets my mind off of my financial matter. And it gets my mind off of my workload. And it gets my mind off of the situation in, in the family. It gets my mind off the, uh, of the difficult situation with a boss. It gets my mind off of the things that really stress me out and give me anxiety. And it changes my perspective. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is a form of peace that counters the fear when we plug in to God. It's a natural byproduct. Thirdly, there was... 
what I would call an invitation. And there's an invitation extended to each and every one of us. Pastor, what is that? Well, look at verses 15 and 16 again. It says, when the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. A lot of you, you've been around the Pentecostal style of worship, the charismatic style of worship. And so what's interesting is that oftentimes, and if you haven't, that's, that's fine too. Uh, what's interesting is that we become a very experiential type of faith is what we are. We, we believe that God is not just some entity that we sing to on Sunday, but, but we believe that God is a God who is personal and is to be experienced. And so God does personal answers to prayer and personal miracles for me. He, he speaks to me. I get to speak to him. It's, it's a personal God. And so we often rely on the experience, which is fine. That's great. But the, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Sometimes we base our faith in God on the latest experience. Maybe on the latest big name speaker that showed up in town. Ooh, this guy makes legs grow. We should go there. Ooh, this, guy's, this guy blows on people and they fall. We should go there. Ooh, across the way, this guy, he, he you know, whatever. He makes feathers fall. You know, whatever. Okay? Okay, wonderful. But, but, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. When the feathers stop flying and, and when the experience wears off, what are you going to do? See, because here's the deal. The shepherds, okay, you want to talk about a good church service? The heavenly host showed up and had a worship service. That's a pretty good band, Jonathan. That's a good worship service. But all of a sudden, they left. It's like, huh? Just us and the sheep. Bah. Now what? Oh, man, I, I, I want to get closer to God. I sure hope those angels show up. No. That's not what they asked for. See, here's the deal. You cannot, you cannot ask for experience after experience after experience after experience. You know, quite simply, having a great angelic experience wasn't enough. They needed to get as close so they had to get as close to the Savior as possible. And that doesn't happen with the experience on a, at, a, at a church service or at a crusade or whatever you want to call it. That happens personally. That happens personally. So the angel said, this is where you'll find Jesus. And the shepherds, the shepherds said, okay, wow, the band's gone. The experience, okay, it's not there anymore. Just up in the, us and the sheep. Tell you what, let, let's, go, let's go where Jesus is. You, you want a good piece of advice? Always, always go where Jesus is. Get as close to, this is what they did. They said, you'll find Jesus. He's wrapped in, in cloths and he's lying in a manger. This is where you'll find the Messiah. So, so go there. Get as close 
Get as close to Jesus as you can. That's the message. That's the invitation to the church. You want to get, you want to get past anxiety? Use this moment that you may not even understand. These were not theologians. These were not priests that got this message. These were shepherds. Not real high on the economic chain. Not really seen as the brightest of the bright. If there's any shepherds in here, I apologize. But not really seen as the religious experts. But God showed himself to these guys. And these guys, they may not have even gotten everything. I don't even understand this. I can't even spell Messiah. But let's go where Jesus is. Let's get as close to him as we can. And look, you might not be able to figure everything out. You might not be able to spell Messiah. But let me tell you, God's invitation to every person hearing this is to get as close to him as possible. Give God praise for that. So, so when times of fear come, it's time to get closer to God. Don't, don't distance yourself from God. I don't understand things. I don't like things. Things aren't cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away from God a little bit because I'm not happy. I'm not comfortable. And, and, and please, please, you got to understand, if all it takes is a flat tire for you to give up on God, all four of your tires are going to be flat. Okay? Because the devil knows what it takes, and he will keep on. He will keep on throwing that at you. But if you can allow yourself to get above your circumstances and say, okay, God, I'm fearful. I'm straight with you. I'm fearful. I don't understand everything. This is, gonna, this is tough. I don't get it. But in the midst of this, even this confusion, in the midst of all this, I'm going to get as close to you as I can. How do we do that? Through, through our time with him alone. That, that time that we read his word, just us and him, that time that we pray to him, that's getting closer to him. Getting to the house of God on a consistent basis, that's getting closer to him. Interacting with other people that will make you stronger spiritually, that's getting closer to him. That's the invitation. That's the invitation. Number four. I kept on coming up with words that rhyme. Number four, there was a declaration I love this. What, what, a, what a perfect weekend to bring out this point. Look at verses 17, 18, and 19. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Let's read that slower. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. They're not priests, they're not theologians, they're shepherds, but what their message was, was life-changing. Ooh, you might not be the most polished speaker, you might not have the most dazzling testimony, you might not be able to uh, say three words without stumbling, but let me tell you, it's not about your presentation, it's about your message. It is your message that will amaze people. That, that email that I read, okay, it was, she wasn't talking about my technique, 
in sharing the message. You know what I told her? I told her about people that were in this room that had volunteer lanyards on, that God had delivered them, that God had saved them, that some of them had been near death and God brought them through it. They, they, they saw the message. They saw it lived out through you. They heard it from me, but then they saw it lived out through you. It made sense to them that it doesn't matter how you say it. You, you, you don't, I mean, sure. I mean, don't be, you know, silly. But, but, but you don't have to stand on a chair in the middle of a giant eagle and recite the four spiritual laws. Maybe you could just go to some people. Maybe you could just go to somebody and say, look, I don't have all this figured out. But I met Jesus. I don't even, I don't even know if I can explain this. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know half the Bible. I don't. I, don't, I can't even recite all the books of the Bible. That, that, that might be you. But I met Jesus. I, I, I've interacted with him. He changed me. He did a work in my life. That's, that's the message. That's the message. The shepherds didn't stop with seeing Jesus. They spread the word about him. Rich and I were just talking about that during meet and greet. We, 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 don't, we don't stop with having our moment with God. And praise God for your moment. Praise God for your testimony. Praise God that he delivered you. Praise God that he saved you. Praise God that he put you back together when you were such a mess. Praise God for that. But, but hear me. Don't stop there. Don't stop the manger. Don't stay at the manger. Spread the word. There's a declaration. I met Jesus. I don't even know how to explain all the angels, sheep. It was quite a night. It was a night like none other, but I saw Jesus. Isaiah chapter 12 is this great verse that I found yesterday. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. There's a declaration. Can I give you one more? I'm glad you didn't say no, because I'm gonna. <laughs> and, and, and this one, this is so good. It's, it's a confirmation. And this is huge. And, and by the way, spreading the gospel, do you know what that does? I, I, I'm sorry I'm backing up, but do you know what that does? That takes your perspective off you, and now it's on other people. So you don't even have to, you don't even have to have your act together, necessarily, to tell somebody that I met Jesus. I met Jesus. Okay, confirmation. It's tempting to skip this, but don't. Verse 20. This is so good. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Let's stop there, okay? So there's the two extremes. 
we go from being absolutely terrified to praising God and being content and excited. I mean, what a change. What a night. And not like none other. Why? The things that they had heard and seen were just as they had been told. Some of you aren't getting it yet. I'm, I'm going to get you there. See, I think it was verse 16. They said, let's go see this thing that the Lord has told us. When they went, they saw that everything that the Lord told them was true. <laughs> everything that the Lord will tell you in this book is true. Everything. And you, you have that confirmation. If, if God says that he heals, he heals. If, if, if God says that he delivers, he delivers. If God says that he, he does great things, he does great things. He gives wisdom. He supplies every need. He is my strength. He's my source of wisdom. He's that friend that sticks closer to me than a brother. He's, he's all of that and even more. Everything that he says in the word, it's just as he said it. You want to go from fear to contentment? One of the biggest ways to do it is to know that everything that's written in God's word is for you. And it's true. And it will never change. We had a, we had a dear saint in our church who understood this. Everything God conveyed to the shepherds it came true. Yesterday, a lady that some of you don't know because she's been in bad health, but uh, her name's Betty Ross. Betty was here when I was elected as pastor many centuries ago. <laughs> if you knew Betty, if you knew Betty, there was this recurring theme in her life that she knew that there was a promise of heaven that awaited her. She actually got mad at her husband because he died before her because she wanted to go to heaven before he did. And I talked to Betty and, and when we have her services later this week, and we'll let you know when that is, that I'll share some of these stories how she would sneak donuts into my office so that nobody else saw them except me. How she preferred dessert way more than she did the main course of the meal. She was a fixture at the Talmadge Burger King. <laughs> and life wasn't always easy for Betty, especially in those later years. But there was a promise in God's word that she always held to. To be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. Saturday morning, Betty took her last breath on earth. And she received her reward in heaven. 
And while our hearts mourn, I could tell you this. That lady is thrilled to be in the presence of God finally. And what kept her was knowing that everything that God said about heaven awaited for her. It was true. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Everything that the Bible says about healing, it's true. Everything that the Bible has to say about restoration, it's true. Everything that the Bible has to say about protecting you, it's true. Everything that the Bible has to say about sustaining you, of giving you the words that you need to say, about protecting you, about being your shelter, about being your very best friend, everything that the Bible has to say about that, it is true. That's what the shepherds discovered. Everything that God said through the, that angel was true. Everything that God has to say to you through his word, it is true. And that is how you go from fear to contentment, from terror to praise. You can do this. A night like no other. I believe that God wants to give you a life like no other. And if you're stuck in anxiety and fear, God wants to take you from that and turn your grief to joy. He wants to turn your, your fear into the goodness of God once again. He wants to restore hope. He's here to do that today. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me? Jonathan, can you help me? Isn't God's word awesome? <laughs> so I want to pray for you. And if you find yourself today uh, dealing with a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, the unknown, I want to pray that God would take you from that extreme and lead you to where he wants you to be. He'll use his word. He'll use your praise. I pray that he changes your perspective today. That you don't need to fear. You're his. He's in control. And so I want to pray for you. So could we bow our heads? And we're just going to make a time of, we're going to make a time of prayer here to end this. And so I can, So that I could pray even more specifically. If there's somebody here, you'll say, I need Jesus to change my fear and my anxiety into his best for me. I'm at that place. I'm not saying you've done something wrong. I'm not even saying you've sinned. But this is where you're at. And you might not even understand what's going on. But the Lord wants to take you from that point and bring contentment again. And if I could pray for you, I just wonder if you'll let me know by saying, yeah, Pastor, just slip your hand up and put it right back down. I want to pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God's got this. God's got this. Yes. God's got this. Yes. God's got this. He's got you. Fear not. He's got you. Yes. He's got you. He's got you. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. 
I'm going to pray. When I say amen, I want to give you a chance to pray. But once, once the service is done and the guitar music is off and the pastor's done speaking, there's an effort you need to make, friend, once you leave this place to get as close to the Messiah as you can. Get as close to Jesus as you can. Don't just settle for a Sunday morning experience where God might have really spoken to you, but, but you, you got to go from there. So if you can make that next step, let God do the rest. So I want to pray for you, and I just want to give you a chance just to call out to God and say, Lord, and pour your heart out. Pour your heart out. Just tell him what's on your mind. Let him take your fear. Let him restore your hope again. And when I get done praying, then you can find a place to pray here at the, uh, somewhere in this room. If you want a fellowship, let's do so out in the lobby so we don't disturb those that are praying. Let's make this a place of prayer now. Jesus, I pray that you would take us from our moment of anxiety and fear, our lack of understanding. And Lord God, I pray that you would become real to us. Lord, that we would worship you, that we would pursue you, that we would get as close to you as we can, that we would tell others about you, Lord God. Whatever we can do in a healthy way to get our focus off of our fear. And Lord God, reassure us today that everything that your word says will come true for us. So meet with your people, I pray. Take us from our fear to contentment. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, find a place to pray, either at the front, your seat, whatever the case might be. God bless you. Let's seek the Lord together.